two to start working now. No audio again, they say on, um, I'm talking with Tom of, uh, of library. Oh, God. apparently it was mob crush. We uh, do appear to be live on YouTube. Finally. Um, interesting. Yeah. I wonder, thanks for watching Tom. I wonder why the Odyssey thing has no sale. This was the problem last time. And Mm, very strange. Um, just listen on YouTube and make sure it's working. It it says that there's no one watching, which is it's good because why would you watch this? But oh, it says there's three people watching. Okay, well you three people who are watching, tell me what the sounds like. Oh, it it does have sound. All right, well YouTube's gonna work. YouTube's doing its own thing. Um, I'm probably, yeah, I'll might as well just keep the, the Odyssey shit show going <laughs> while we're doing that. So, hey everyone, welcome to Friday. Welcome to the digital cash rundown. If you're watching this on Odyssey, you can't hear any of this. So that sucks. But if you're watching on YouTube, you should be able to at least hear this. Um, I'm going to pull up YouTube and mute myself so that I can chat. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, there we go. See, at least it's working on on YouTube. So, uh, it is what it is. Um, I will figure that part out at some at a future juncture, as it were. And let's make sure it's absolutely working before I run the the intro graphic and everything. YouTube is still working and everything on your end. Yep. All right. Perfect. Well, hey guys, we're going to get the show going. Thanks for putting up with all this nonsense. Let me hit the intro and we'll get right into it. So, hey everyone. Uh, welcome again to another episode of Digital Cash Rundown. Uh, I have with me the illustrious, the wonderful Codex, a.k.a. Spencer Kazara, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I wish the streams would cooperate and such, uh, but they aren't. So we'll we'll rough it here, and then yeah, just might have to focus more on my <laughs> pre-recorded videos. But this is a good one anyway. So as always, uh, our good friend Spencer is paywalled hereby. And so you go to cointr.ee/slash/the-desert-lakes and throw me a couple bucks and ask a question if you want to talk to him. And or if you just like, I only respond to people that pay money. Yeah, or if you are watching on Odyssey, and you want to, you know, you want you want to like leave hyper chats there. That works as well, even though you can't hear it on Odyssey, which is kind of a, a complicated issue. But it is what it is. Anyway, so let's just get into what we're we're chatting about today. Um, have you heard about the Thor? I have. Yep. Mm. Uh, I'm still a uh, still a believer in Thorchain's goal and their mission. Um, of course, I mean bugs happen. As a software developer, I can attest to that. There's bugs and things all the time. You know, it sucks when it happens when you're controlling nine figures, or eight figures, or six figures, or however many. But it it, it sucks when that happens. Mm -hmm. But but uh, it is a reality and. You'd be surprised how many other Ethereum smart contracts have bugs that either haven't been exploited yet or or what. I saw the message that the uh, the hacker left saying they left with what they eight million, right? Eight million, and they said that they could have taken the other ones too, but didn't. Um, I'm not saying that they're lying or wrong, but uh, there is definitely some conspiracy out there. There's a couple different ones. One is that they. Um, just got lucky with the Ethereum thing and they claimed that the re the rest of it was also, um, you know, vulnerable. Who knows? Uh, the, the team will uncover that as soon as they audit everything. But uh, the other, the other thing is that uh, there's a conspiracy claiming that it's an inside job, that the people at Thorchain are the ones that actually did it. 
uh, just to leave with a cool eight million. But you know, we'll see. Those things will come to light eventually. Uh, regardless of that, I'm still a believer in it. Um, you know, again, their mission and their goal. If people are looking for alternate platforms that accomplish the same thing during this time, there's always you know Ren. Yeah, but Ren is a wrapped thing, isn't it? Uh, yes and no. It's a wrapped thing. If you're going to Ethereum with your, yeah, I mean, it's a wrap, it's a wrap token going to Ethereum from another blockchain. Uh, but you can then trade that wrapped asset for the native one, essentially. Yeah. So the revolutionary part about Thorchain is it just cross chain. It's right. Works great cross chain. And that's kind of why everyone like sort of signed up to the whole thing. And unfortunately, of course, there's bugs and issues and things, and they got to work that out. And that it kind of loops back around to the whole like chaos net approach to things, where they're just like, yeah. "Oh, this is this is huge. We want to out the gate right now, and we don't care if there's bugs and stuff. We'll fix them as we go along the way." Hashtag reckless, whatever the hell else they want to do. Now, right. it seems like they are taking a pause now. They're like, you know, eh, they're like we need to slow down a little bit because we're going to run out of treasury money covering all these losses of these giant hacks. So, right. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about their, their whole approach to that? Well, you know, as a developer, I, I am a fan of move fast and break things and recover. Um, but it's different when you have a bunch of money on the line, if it's an app, and it's people's experiences. I mean, of course, you want to be delicate with that. But there's a reason that um, we have test nets. There's a reason that, I mean, even uh, Spark, which I'll be honest, I haven't worked on in a while. But uh, Spark has its own testing instance online as well. So I believe it's just uh, maybe it's app.spark.com slash test net or something. I, I don't mm -hmm. remember. But um, whatever it is, it's uh, there's a test net instance online as well. So, I mean test instances are important and you know part of getting those bug bounties out ahead of time now what spark is doing is not anything revolutionary so uh it's not something that i've got to worry too much about it's kind of tried and tested you know before i came along it just wasn't done in in the dash space at that point in time but uh what thorchain is doing is completely new different and i also would argue really important in the mm. space yeah, someone has to do it, and someone has to do it well. And if some people are looking at the way it works and are saying, oh, that looks exploitable and I could do it better, they absolutely should. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, um, I, as I said before, like the reckless kind of thing, the world will be quick to punish you on that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of reminds me back to, you know, our good old friends at Z Lightning Network, um, where Lightning was conceptualized a long time ago. Um, and then it kind of got released. Mainnet, was it 2017 or 19? When was it? When did they start actually using Lightning? Um, it was around the last... Not this most recent bull run, but the last like big run up, right? In like 16, 17, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And that was, yeah. Was I, I'll be honest, I used it then. I wasn't impressed. I've been waiting for the technology to mature a little bit before I give it another shot um, because I really, being a somewhat technical person and being uh, confused and having a bad time doesn't bode well for others. And again, it's a, it's an, in its infancy, so... You know, would like to see how that that, that can mature, but um, I'm just not in the mood to to mess with it at the at this point in time. Yeah, uh, it's come a long way to where I can actually use it these days. Um, however, speaking of reckless on that, I think they're trying to onboard the entire country of El Salvador to basically lightning, and it's that's probably a little reckless at this stage. You know, like if you're doing that for like a polished project or polished product like Dash, for example, even then that would be like, okay, well, let's let's start rolling out and let's roll out another thing, not just, hey, everyone has to take the stuff, you know? Right. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, also kind of reminds me of like the BSV scaling thing where it's just like, let's make the blocks as big as we can 
as soon as we can and see kind of what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think there's, I mean, like, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of kind of move fast and break things. And I think there's some validity there, but there's a reason that the test nets exist also, uh, depends on how much, you know, it's a risk reward thing depends on how much you have at stake. Um, the difference in, you know, BSV, what they're doing is, I mean, they, what they're doing was not really that brand new. It was just the idea of taking what already worked and then just taking it further and seeing if that worked, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Thorchain's like new from the ground up basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like they, they saw it in Bitcoin cash and it seems to work just fine with 32 megabytes or eight megabytes or whatever they had for a while. Mm-hmm. And they just said, let's just open the floodgates. Well, that remains to be seen whether it works so far. It doesn't be seem to have too many problems, but, um, yeah, that's the thing. What I'm wondering about is, um, do you, have you paid attention to how BSV scaling has gone? Like the finer tune, finer tooth comb bits of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been using BSV like daily small amounts just because it, I mean, not even like, it's interesting to me, actually the paradigm in my relationship with BSV is I get interested in technologies that are cool and different, Mm. but I've been using BSV not even because it's BSV or because I care when we, I've just been using stuff apps built on BSV. Mm-hmm. And for that, I need to, you know, have BSV and honestly, I've been having fun and, you know, there are people that will say that it's very centralized and that might be true, especially when you look at the, uh, um, the the hashing you know all the blocks are mined by essentially one company mm-hmm. is that centralized i mean it depends there's nuances to the word centralized but yeah but it's designed to where it can be decentralized but is it currently all the work being done by you know a very small group of miners yeah that's probably true but i mean it's still awesome to watch like the apps work and use like nano payments like i've been playing um haste I was showing my friend Haste the other day and by sheer stupid luck got on the leaderboard and then I just watched little tiny fractions of pennies flow my way all day. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and some people are doing similar type things like that on Lightning, except it's a little more a little more hacky. It's a little more difficult to get in. But so right. when, let's just say you have like gigablocks and stuff like that, do you have a lot of um, like an orphan, a high orphan rate or do you have a lot of nodes just unable to keep up? Do you have like all these kinds of other issues presenting themselves at these like mega high kind of levels? Um, we haven't seen that too much, to be honest, or I haven't seen that. At least like in BSV, um, there has been, uh, you know, a couple large blocks that have been orphaned, but um, like overall, to be honest with you, the amount of process that they transact, uh, the amount of transactions that they process compared to those being like, orphaned or anything like that has been um overwhelmingly positive i think um which just lends credence to that method of scaling which you know uh something like dash is doing like uh two megabyte blocks right now dash doesn't have the traffic to need more than that but i think it's pretty clear just based on you know if you considered bsv uh an example in the wild i -hmm. mean I don't see any problem with Dash going to much higher block sizes and being able to process transactions. I think yesterday, BSV processed like almost a million transactions or something in one day. Yeah, I mean, that's still kind of small potatoes at this point, but when you go to 10 million to 100 million type things. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. It is it is small potatoes compared, but if you, it's actually more than Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash combined, which I don't have bad things to say about Mm-hmm. almost any project aside from like you know safe moon and <laughs> probably doge i i have bad things to say about them but not all bad mm-hmm. but either way it, i don't have a lot of bad things to say about most projects i look at it from a very um 
like objective lens and I see what each person is trying to accomplish. And I look at every one of them as like testing out different, different features and things like that. And of course I have my favorites and you know, so we did get a question here. Let me pop that one out here. Thor chain is halted right now. Uh Interesting spelling, but yeah, I got what you're saying. Could you please elaborate on the decentralized procedure, which is in place to stop trading? Um, Do you get any thoughts on that one? Hold on. Repeat that. I'm sorry. I was reading in the uh, YouTube chat something different. Yeah. So ThorChain is halted right now. Could you please elaborate on the decentralized procedure, which is in place to stop trading? Yeah. So this is done with uh, uh, by Rune Holders. So um, I don't know 100% the exact process that they go through to do that, but it's essentially um, still a very small network uh of of rune holders it's um something that you know it's it's not it's not a large network like like bitcoin is or like or even as large as dash is as far as um the amount of holders and so i i know that it it has to do with rune holders ruins its government governance and rewards tokens so um as far as the exact process I, i can't comment on that i don't know yeah i do believe it's something like a majority of the nodes issue an account yeah. issue uh, a command and then it kind of works out like that i'm not yeah. too deep into the weeds and obviously the whole thing's still pretty experimental at this point anyway so yeah it has to do the same the same way that they add coins to the network like the rune holders decide that essentially mm-hmm. yeah so um anyway that that kind of answers that little question thank you anonymous person for the the quizzy question uh now where were we at with the, um, it's a problem with having too many tabs on open on anything, including your phone. Um, we were going to talk about Twitter, right? Twitter. So Jack Dorsey, it says that Bitcoin will be a big part of Twitter's future and has talked about, you know, micro tipping and things like that. Um, like a Twitter tip jar and super follows yeah. and stuff like that. I think it would be really cool. My opinion. I think it would be mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I would. I would show some hesitation on the choice of project in BTC as being the, the backbone for that project mm-hmm. for, for two reasons. I'm willing to bet that the implementation is at best uh, based on Lightning Network at best. But I'm willing to bet that it's probably even worse than that. And by that, I mean, it'll probably work like a, like a, an exchange currently works, right? It'll, it'll be like a Twitter internal wallet. Mm-hmm. All the coins held by one wallet, essentially, which is Twitter. And all the transactions that happen on Twitter just happen on a SQL server somewhere. And then when somebody wants to withdraw, it'll check you know, your balance in Twitter's servers and then let you take it elsewhere, probably via Lightning, uh, maybe L1 but probably not that's that's most likely what's going to happen at best it's it keeps track of every transaction somewhere on the lightning network but i i highly doubt that i don't think that lightning is is capable or mature enough to do that at this point in time and and i know for a fact that bitcoin's layer one is not cheap enough or fast enough to accomplish something like that so my my thought on that is really cool idea for feature sets. And I mean, crypto was essentially built to do that. Uh, I don't think BTC is the project, but I know Jack is, is a super maxi. So, um, <laughs> so I'm sure that I'm sure that it's really just going to be a, a centralized internal implementation, you know, with the ability to withdraw. Yeah. So that's going to be, uh, thing is what has stopped Twitter from doing that kind of stuff. Uh, what has stopped Twitter from doing that kind of stuff with fiat? Like, uh, yeah, Pro- it probably has to do with you know settlement times. So you can tip jar somebody this or that, but you probably have to preload your account. You know, throw twenty dollars into my Twitter wallet, and then you could tip back and forth. And yeah, so but with fiat, it's like. You could just say, hey, I tip, tip you this, I tip you that, and it just like says, like, oh, you have like five Twitter bucks or whatever. And that just when you decide to withdraw is then when the fiat, the actual fiat part comes into it. 
and then right, but you also have to have money to tip, right? Yeah, but you could just deposit in their little Twitter bank thingy. And that's what I'm saying. You'd have to have a Twitter bank, and for that, they'd have to be like a money services business, which is licensed in every state that Twitter operates. Yeah. And they probably have to have like store banking information, unless they partnered with Square, um, which you know they also own, or well, they don't own, but he's the CEO, shared CEO, so he could make that happen. Uh, but yeah, there'd have to be some partnership. There'd have to be money service business licenses, money transmitter licenses. Like working with fiat in the banking system becomes way too complicated, especially just to let your users transfer pennies around. So that's probably why they're not doing it with fiat. It really just isn't built for that. And Jack always talks about this native currency of the internet, you know, and he's not really wrong. I mean, Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general were built to live on the internet and transact that way. I mean, we can we can use them in person as well. Maybe not BTC, but lots of other cryptocurrencies you can use in person, um, and and that that's cool and an important feature of cryptocurrencies. I think. Now, but, what I gotta wonder about this whole Twitter thing is, is it going to be any different from a regulatory standpoint if it's they just act like a like a a, a bank like a Twitter bank thingy where they custody everyone's money and. I don't think so. I think they'll draw parallels to the way that exchanges work. I mean, because centralized exchanges, how they work, you deposit money in the exchange. When you trade back and forth, they don't actually move any funds around, right? They just keep a record uh, internally of what you own. And then when you go to pull it out, they say, okay, you have this many Bitcoins in your account, in, in quotes, in your account, and we will let you pull them out. You're essentially trading permission IOUs around and, mm-hmm. and I think Twitter will pr- essentially act the same way. And if it ever got, got uh, to be questioned, um, if they should be acting as a bank and have those type of regulatory things in place, they would probably just say, no, it's just like any other exchange. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways Twitter could implement. So obviously BTC on chain, absolutely not. Unless it's just like, Oh, they have their own internal ledger of like who has what coins. And then when you want to withdraw, it goes to an on-chain address and you incur all those fees and stuff like an exchange does. They could do it that way, which honestly, as far as they're using BTC, I hate to say it would probably be the most efficient way of doing it. Probably the only way to do it. Yeah. Now, the based on what Dorsey's been talking about in the past, I think they're going to try to use Lightning. And... If they do lightning in like a actual semi decentralized way, can you imagine the 220 million or so, however many Twitter users there are? Can you imagine each one has to open up a channel and you have to have like inbound capacity? So that means that 220 million or whatever Bitcoin on chain well, transactions, and then yeah. you have to have like 10 bucks for, let's just say, if you want Unless. each of them to receive 10 bucks. Unless yeah. you work like Blue Wallet does, right? Like, or mm-hmm. like how those other, like they have one massive channel essentially. And I could be wrong on this. And like I said, I, I haven't used Lightning in a while, but they have like one massive channel, right? And you essentially become a user of their channel. So you don't have to open a channel with people that already have a channel open with Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. So if you sign up to Twitter, you already have a channel because you're all part of their channel or something. I, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Um, yeah, that's probably how you do it. And if you want to withdraw, you'd have to, your lightning node or wallet or whatever you got has to have a path to their super node. Yeah. Their big old- and I'm sure that if Twitter's a big enough player that I'm sure that blue wallet and all the other, they're lightning, all be open to them. Yeah. It would probably open to Twitter. So if you wanted to pull out to some other lightning network wallet, it would probably be, uh, easy because I doubt that if you made five dollars on Twitter that you'd want to send it on L1. Yeah, BTC definitely like, not. No way. Uh, let's see. I'm reading the comments in YouTube here. Interferes really prefer Odyssey. Oh yeah, yeah. Herman Scripple guy prefer yeah. Odyssey. So for those who were watching earlier here on YouTube, because no one's watching on Odyssey because it's not on Odyssey right now. But for those who were watching earlier, the video is much lower quality. Um, T-O-G says, remember there was some bottle tipping thing for Twitter, then it got hit by EU regulators that made it illegal essentially because it was custodial. I don't remember that. Is it a bot? 
Yeah, I don't remember that really. Um, but yeah, the thing is people have been using cryptocurrencies to do these little tipping things all the time. Like, for example, this anonymous person who threw me a little tip to just, you know, which that reminds, that reminds me like super chats and stuff in YouTube. How come they can do that? Yeah, well, not only that, I mean, it's built into Brave. On Twitter, I have mm. a, a tip icon that tips in VAT. Yeah. The and they are custodial as well because, I mean, I'm, it's connected to Uphold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is another annoying thing. But yeah, so the thing is, the big thing, um, Twitter, by doing this, could solve a question, uh, solve a problem, rather, which is people don't get to monetize their experience. Right. The thing that they're not solving is the censorship resistance part. Because if right. Twitter bans you, or whatever, they can choose to seize your funds, mm-hmm. and that's it. And they're not going to just like ban you, but let you withdraw. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. There's some clause in there. They're going to keep it in their thing, and it's just it's going to be terrible. It's going to be the same old non. Well, I don't, I mean it's going to be terrible, but you know what I'm saying? It's going to be the same old nonsense as before. And I'm sure you're going to have to KYC to withdraw. And if anything, I think it's going to be a tool to dox users a little bit because. Now, instead of like, oh, if you want to restore your account or if you want to get hashtag verified, you need to go go through your ID process and all this sort of stuff. I think it's going to be, um, it's going to, now that you're getting money, you're trading money back and forth. And it's like, well, hey, I want to, I want to use this money I got. Well, you got a KYC now. And then right. the next step to this, of course, I'm sure we've all heard by, I don't know if we have all heard by now, but the... Um, the Biden White House is fact-checking Facebook posts and stuff. So, which is, at that point, we're, we're dipping into what's, what it, the literal definition of fascism, which I'm sure is a rant for a more politically-minded show. But the thing is, what happens now? You have a lot of users get doxxed on Twitter, right? They, they get KYC'd because they won those, those digital gold coins. And then... Now, when they start spreading vaccine misinformation or whatever, you know, the whatever the nonsense du jour is, now they know the real humans behind it. It's not just little sock puppets. Now they get to, like, you know, report them to the FBI or whatever and get a knock on their door and all that. So, it, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting, like, slide into some interesting stuff. So, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, in that same conversation and the one where this was brought up, uh, cause this, there's an article written about this, right. Jack talking about this stuff was on his, the, the, not his podcast, but a podcast he was on the B word, right. Everyone's mm-hmm. heard about it by now. He was on there. Elon Musk was on there. A couple other people. Uh, but you know, Elon was saying essentially without realizing it maybe, but almost the opposite of what Jack was saying. Jack was saying Bitcoin's perfect the way it is. And we're going to use it at Twitter to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Elon was saying it's not, it doesn't scale enough. There's not enough room. And um, he was, he was even saying like that he thought L1 scaling can go a lot further than people think. And, you know, I agree with him. I, I don't think, I mean, he's learning right now and basically learning in public and we're all we're all kind of like, yep, yep, we've been there, man. We kind of know. Mean Elon is, yeah, yeah. People are hating on so, him so hard for it. It's too. hard to take anything that he says super seriously because although he is a very smart individual, he just hasn't been around long enough. Mm-hmm. And and he will learn these things eventually, like most of us have. But he's he's doing his learning in public, which mm-hmm. you know is unfortunate for him. But uh, I mean, it at the same time. Um, it's not like there's nothing wrong with the way it's just the way he does things. He just his Twitter and this is why yeah, people bull, bull in a China shop, right? This is why people like him too, right? Is that his yeah. Twitter feed is a stream of consciousness. He just like says whatever nonsense he wants to he's thinking. And sometimes it's brilliant stuff, sometimes it's just like lol fart or something. You know, it's like it's like all there and they just like has random thoughts like, Oh, the Tesla stock's too high. And boom crashes it or whatever <laughs> it just anything is like funny mind goes to it just goes out there and so there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but that's why i would much rather trust what he has to say than what jack dorsey has to say i agree because dorsey is a little more i mean oh yeah you knew he's a good guy well they said that about the freaking dictator of el salvador and stuff 
that now there's protests in the streets against Bitcoin, which is hilarious. Uh, so I don't, you know, won't trust that. But also, you know, he's got his agenda. He's got his business. He's got his stuff he's doing. He's doing whatever. And he does not stream of conscience, consciousness like Elon does. Right. He just... And so when he says something like, oh, you know, Bitcoin's going to this and that, it's like, yeah, it's because you're highly invested in all these companies. Yeah. So. Ooh, Absolutely. Thunder. I, I want to make sure we're not missing out on anything. What, what else do we have to talk about? Because I, oh, wait, what time is it? Two, one, two, mm -hmm. three. What time does this get over? Just, I can't remember. Yeah. About, I mean, we started late. So let's say half an hour. Half an hour. Okay. We can, cool. we can always cut it a little bit short if you have to have to leave, but. No, you're good. You're good. I was just checking. Well, speaking of centralization and such, there's another central bank digital currency. Bank of Nigeria is going to pilot their own central bank digital currency in October, which is like also known as like a month from now. Not literally a month, but almost <laughs> literally a month. What's your um, what's your hot take on that? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. I've had uh, a lot of my clients ask me about the central bank digital currencies as well. And mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, I'm kind of bullish on the idea, not because I believe that they're a good thing because mm -hmm. I don't, but because I believe it will ease the adoption of cryptocurrencies. I think when people have the option, like it's kind of like the idea of, you know, as we've grown as a culture, when you teach kids to ride a bike, I'm going to make a quick little analogy. When you teach kids to ride a, a bike, when we were my age, we just rode a bike and we had training wheels, right? And our parents like kind of like pushed us on the bike. And then eventually one day they took the training wheels off and we had to figure out how to ride the thing. The problem is we were always lean, ready to lean on those training wheels. Well, as the concept evolved, we decided balance bikes, right? Mm -hmm. So now you just remove the pedals, you break it down to its most simple thing. And all you focus on is balance. Once you've mm -hmm. got the balance figured out, you just add the pedals and it's super easy. Mm -hmm. Well, I think central bank digital currencies can kind of do the same thing for cryptocurrency. A lot of people are like iffy about, well, what backs it? What about what, how is it worth anything? Well, okay. Remove that whole question from it. And all you say is, look, this is a government issued dollar. That's uh, digital. You can figure this out. So you let them figure out digital wallets. You let them figure out how to pay for things with their phone, yada, yada. And then eventually they can move over to an asset that is essentially the same but without, you know, uh, having to be tied to one government. Yeah. Now, what the devil of the details remains to be seen is what exactly are CBDCs running on? And I'm sure that that is definitely not a one-size-fits-all type question. Are they no. even on a blockchain of sorts? Is it? Just I'm sure they'll be on something of a blockchain, but it will probably ha have the ability for... Uh, you know, for governments to move money around as they see fit, uh, to be able to reverse transactions, to be able to freeze accounts. Um, there are blockchains that exist like that right now. Like on Ripple, you can do stuff like that. Uh, you can, as an issuer of an asset, you can freeze accounts and mm -hmm. and you can't move funds, but you can freeze accounts and, and things like that. But governments are not stupid. They, they don't want to give up control of the dollar, which is not a weird concept to me. I mean, it's pretty obvious they don't want to give up control of the dollar and, and I understand it. I still am of the belief that they have proven to be irresponsible with control of money. And so they probably shouldn't have it, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Yeah. Everyone so, is irresponsible with control of money and no one should have it other than exactly. their own money. And because now we have technology, i.e. blockchain that allows us to do that, then it makes no sense to do anything different. But the government is really the old guard, right? And so they have this way of thinking that just will not change um, for a very long time. And there may be some day where they go, you know what? It's actually better for us to not have the regulatory burden of trying to like manage all of this stuff. But that won't be for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, it, at the end of the day, I think there's a, a certain amount of friction getting your money into cryptocurrencies, right? Like you either have to like pay with a debit card or you have to transfer money from your bank to an exchange and whatnot. I think with central bank digital currencies, they'll probably uh, put, put money on 
uh, or put a trading pair for, you know, BTC to, to USD or whatever. And you'll be able to just transfer it over there super easily within seconds, make a trade if you want to. I mean, I think it'll open the door a lot more than we realize. I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll see how exactly they implement things. Are they just, instead of having all these different little payment rails, just kind of doing the same banking system except on a more unified across the nation payment rail? Are they going to actually do a semi-advanced like blockchain type thing that's very similar infrastructure, even though the permissionlessness is not there. And then we'll get to go jump right to something cool after that. I don't know, but it's, I, I really think it's funny how it's like all these decentralized coins are just prompting people to jump on the bandwagon and, you know, do this whole thing. It's like, yeah, it took you long enough to even try, but yeah. Yeah, I know. And they, they'll definitely, I mean, they come around eventually. Right. And that's why I was saying that, Maybe one day, and maybe I'm just optimistic, but maybe one day in 50 or 60 or 100 years, they'll go, you know what? This is just too much regulatory burden for us. It doesn't make sense when technology can, we can literally tell this money to just work as kind of like its own organism or whatever. And we don't have to do anything. Uh, like, like, think about this. So like in... Uh, several cryptocurrencies, BSV being an example, you can have multiple outputs in one transaction. So like I can send, like, imagine this, imagine a business. Okay. I, I have been given inventory by some company, right. That sells t-shirts or makes t-shirts. I sell t-shirts. Mm -hmm. They give me their inventory, not paid for, right. They just give me the inventory. Somebody makes a transaction with me what happens is automatically that transaction is split so that the maker of the shirt gets their price. The IRS gets their price. I get what's left over. And then when it comes to me, it automatically goes to my employee who was working that day, my water utilities, whatever. And then everything left over goes to my account. So those outputs could be automatically with enough, you know, uh, finesse to be, uh, essentially going where they need to go when a sale happens. There would be no filing of your taxes. There would be no, like all that stuff can just be collected. Now we're not at that point with the technology yet, but it could, I could definitely see it going that way. Yeah. I mean, I really think that it's going to be interesting because I really think that this is going to advance crypto quite quickly in not so much in the sense of, oh, it'll make it easier for everyone else to adopt the technology now that the banking system or the governments are doing a shitty version of the technology. But first off, in the validation of the core principle of digital currencies, of you know just digital money that's run on the internet and it's not run by banks specifically or whatever it is. But also because I, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of issues with the current financial system around the world where there's a lot of lack of control where yeah. even though there's a lot of control they have over the system, the financial system, the legacy financial system has existed long before there's been any significant attempts or significantly successful attempts to control it. And it's just kind of hodgepodged on the way they get a hold of this, they get a hold of that over and over. And so this is kind of an opportunity to do a, a fresh start with maximum control. And like the financial censor, like financial censorship does exist and it happens and it sucks. But in the first world, a lot of there, it's not like the average person can buy whatever they want. Kind of, you know, it's, it's not that much of a problem, but it will be with this kind of stuff. If everyone's on, let's like, let's just say the U S issues a CBDC and then everyone's using this kind of thing all the data collections there, everyone's kind of spending, they might be able to just like block you from doing purchases or something. Or like, for example, let's just say there's a socialized medicine program that already, you know, some people are put on waiting lists and other things like that. What happens when you have someone who start, decides to go, yeah, I'm going to get some fried chicken today. And then the government blocks that payment because they're like, nope, 
because you're going to get unhealthy and then it's not going to help our socialized medicine system. You're going to be a liability for the system. You're going to see, start to see a lot more nonsense like that. And then eventually people are going to be like, can I get some like crypto so I can like some real crypto so I can buy my goddamn fried chicken, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's kind exactly. of the direction I see it going in. Yeah. That's what I'm saying too. Like I think it'll get people on board and they will be essentially, uh, sorry, my hat's messed up here. Mm-hmm. You guys don't mind my hair. Okay. It's okay. But, At least you have so, it. Yeah, it's true. Um, but anyway, so I think, yeah, it'll be easier to onboard if you needed to, um, people will be more used to the technology, but yeah, you're right. Once, once things, start falling apart and whether it's whether it's you know higher inflation rates or who the hell knows what the problem could be but the point is it's like building a boat and there's another boat over here that's already been built but it wasn't built by the government so you're not sure you trust it but then they build this boat and it turns out the boats pretty much do the same thing that's fine you can exist on either boat but if you have a problem with one boat you can jump to the other as long as the boat's already built. And so I have a lot of faith in the fact that we've been already building this technology for a long time and, and we should continue to do so because you never know what happens to the other boat. Just because the government's building a boat doesn't mean I shouldn't build a boat too. Mm. Yeah. Um, which kind of breaks to you know centralization, decentralization. Um, supposedly, uh, according to um, new data gleaned from blockchain.com and stuff like that, Bitcoin mining is becoming vastly more decentralized in 2021 with smaller and non and unknown mining players entering kind of the, the space. Well, the, the big players aren't really, you know, as part of that anymore. And of course the big catalyst to this was China, China basically right. kind of banning mining. Right. And then a lot of big mining pools shutting down Bitcoin's hash rate, plummeting, etc., And, yeah, so basically, your hot take first, because I, I have a few things to say on this one. Yeah, I think two things uh, about this. I think the first thing is um, when the difficulty dropped, I think people that were not on the Bitcoin train before are now, and they were just looking for an opportunity. And so the free market being what it is, they decided to hop on that opportunity. So all the credit to them. Somebody gave them a tip and said, hey, the difficulty just went down. It's a little bit easier to mine Bitcoin. Might want to get on board now. And they did. Um, The other thing that I would say is strange is I think that we're going to see eventually the same thing. And it just may be located in the US over China, which the funny part to me is the people that talk about all the centralization or whatever that happens in China mm-hmm. won't most of them won't say the same thing if it happens in the US. Like in China it's a problem if they've got 50% of the hash rate, but in the US it's not a problem, which doesn't make sense to me. So I think we'll see articles put lots of spin on the fact that it's no longer centralized, but what they mean is it's no longer centralized in China. Yeah, so there's a couple of things on that. First off, uh, Take you guys on a walk with me while I get my charger. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing about the, um, I do think, and it's kind of tricky with this because I'm, I don't want to give the U.S. federal government too much credit because it deserves none. Um, I would be more in favor of, I feel more comfortable trusting my money with a coin whose majority of their hash rate is in the U.S. than it's in China on a on a pure level because the U.S. government sucks. The Chinese government sucks more. And just the fact like what they do with the mining, you know, I'm less I'm, you know, I'm less scared about the U.S. government doing the same thing. Now, what I did like about it being in China and stuff is I'm not in China and I do like the separation of powers. So it does make me to a certain extent, like if all the mining infrastructure behind this coin is in the same, is in the U S and I live in the U S that is a little bit more worrisome, I guess, but right. let, let's just say it all was in, let's pick a country. Um, Sweden, let's just say Sweden had the majority of hash, right? I feel vastly better about that than about having it all in China, even though it's still, you know, one country's, has a jurisdiction over a lot of the hash yeah, rate. I think you're right. There's definitely validity to that argument. I mean, there are certain countries that are less unstable mm-hmm. uh, for sure. 
And so, yeah, those types of things definitely bother me too. But I guess my point was that people oftentimes just don't say what they actually mean. So they are worried about it being centralized is what they say, but what they really mean is worried about it being too much in China. Mm, Yeah, that's for sure. And while both can be, if it neither, you don't want either, you don't want it to be centralized all in one country, nor do you, nor do you want it to be, you know, really you don't want the majority to be anywhere in an ideal world. It's decentralized all over the world. And so it's, it's not too much in one place, nor is it, uh, you know, too much in China, but Mm -hmm. just pick the people are picking on China in that aspect up until that, that point, like to me, I I just hope that it's decentralized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's not decentralized and it's all in one country, I suppose I'd like it to be in one where, where the government has a positive attitude towards it. Yeah. So the other thing though, you know how people used to like track, like in the U S police mm-hmm. uh, departments used to like, when you would have like high power usage, then they'd hit your house with the flur and see if you were growing pot. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, Hmm, uh, that was an odd spike in power usage. They must be doing something illegal. Can mm-hmm. you imagine that? Like in the future, if mining were ever to be illegal, that they'd be like, hmm, huge spike in power. Maybe they're mining Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably going to be the, the case. And there's already a lot of memes about that these days. Uh, but yeah, the thing is also mining centralization. I'm sure there's a uh, a tendency the way mining works in the industrialized ASIC world, which if you don't have ASICs, you do have ASICs eventually, just the way it is. Uh, is it tends to centralize towards a few larger players. That's true. But the few, the very small amount of players situation is, and the geographic concentration, uh, that I think is a unique situation with China that happened because of a combination of the, the availability of cheap energy for basically pennies because the Chinese government wanted to build all this infrastructure and all these power plants and stuff, even though they weren't able to really get the power efficiently to the end user. So people just said, hey, it's practically free. I'm going to build mining farms around them. So that's one thing. The government electrical subsidies for mining, which even though it wasn't explicit, it definitely was not intended for that purpose. It ended up being that. So that's that combined with capital capital flight problems where mm-hmm. people cannot get capital out of China and they can't, so but if they mine then they just get movable money that they can kind of right. take with them. So those two things together created a you know in an unnatural economic situation there where you know all the mining power ended up going there. And now that situation has been disrupted. Now we can see things kind of you might have big mining pools all over the world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I do want to real quick, uh, there's a comment in YouTube that mm-hmm. was asking about my thoughts. on Which, by the yeah, way, man. I want to address those things. It's funny how of all the communities who jump in the live chat and watch my stuff, the BSV people are by far the stingiest. I have not gotten a single Cointree, Cointree BSV tip. I've gotten tons of Dash ones. I've gotten a few Bitcoin Cash ones with some key people. I might have even gotten like a Monero one at one point. I can't remember, although that would I, I could be misremembering. But then for the amount of like BSV people I've had on the podcast, and not a single goddamn miser has given me a penny. But anyway, continue. I, I did just only reason I want to bring this up is because actually uh, it points to a problem in a lot mm-hmm. of cryptocurrencies. And so yes. uh, it asks about the my thoughts on centralization in development, right? So uh, they asked about new taproot fork. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's a BSV thing, but it says who is in charge? How is consensus agreed upon? Well, in BSV and most proof of work chains, consensus is agreed upon by mining hash hash rate. Um, so that that's kind of a problem. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I like Dash so much is not only have they taken a similar approach to scaling as uh, BSV in the sense that, um, you know, Dash re- has done some research and realized that they can raise that block size yeah. in order to accommodate and more Bitcoin Cash. Let's let's be fair. It's in Bitcoin Cash as well. As far as what's um, actually happening, a lot. Of, 
like even that there's three different projects and a lot of three diff- different approaches to things uh a lot of the research is kind of pooled from all that like you know absolutely and yeah, people yeah like absolutely that. and and i think that um you know dash has a really unique position with the master nodes and stuff like that that uh that other people don't it puts it in a position to be able to to vote and see what the network really believes and those are not only uh minor hash power a mining hash hash rate but also coin holders themselves and um it, it really kind of strikes a pretty good balance on the path forward and so i hear what you're changing you're saying here about it's a major change to supposedly hard unchangeable money and i've always said publicly that i believe that 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 philosophy of of set in stone protocol is is a good one eventually once you get there mm-hmm. but we've also come to find that that's not actually true in BSV, mm. uh, unfortunately. And so, although I agree with that philosophy, we've seen that not be the case. And, and unfortunately hasn't been the case in basically any protocol up to this point, just because things are still new and evolving. Yeah. And so I understand that as well. And I've asked this question in the dash community multiple times that is there a point at which we see that we're no longer changing the protocol? Um, we don't know at this point. And, that's kind of it, you, you know. It's hard. I, I, kind of goes against what I believe is should be the protocol decision, but I also recognize that we're just not there with the technology yet, and to where it can be set in stone. So up to that point, at least my next fallback is okay. What is the governance model of each of these coins? Mm-hmm. And as far as like Bitcoin Cash, BTC, BSV, those things, other major proof of work coins, it's all based on hash hash rate, and those people don't necessarily i'm not saying that they don't but they don't always have the incentives aligned because maybe they don't use the coin at all Mm -hmm. they mine it they sell it they don't give a shit how usable it is and so at least in the case of dash there is a protocol for making decisions yeah as a group and that's one thing that i really like about dash um yeah and uh that same person says, Joel, what's your hand cash is going to yeah, send you some. Yeah. Which I, in full disclosure, I don't have hand cash anymore. I had it. And then it started when it moved to BSV, I got rid of it. I think my girlfriend has one because she got it set up. But like, just like if you saw the number of wallets I have on my phone that I have to juggle, they're just way too many. It's like literally 20 plus wallets. <laughs> so uh, that's why for the ones again, if people were sending me BSV all the time, I'd probably have a hand cash at this point. Um, but the front of a hand cash wallet, I'll hold on to it for you. Yeah. I mean, you can set it, you can set it to him. <laughs> I just said I was paywall again, but I didn't say that that's where, um, what is your handle anyway? My handle is just Spencer. So dollar sign Spencer, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So if you need to hand cash people, just do send it to him because he's spending his valuable time here too. I already got a little bit of money. You can send him a little I'll, one I'll, too. I'll, I'll send you some dash for it. Yeah, however it works out. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, about the, the decision-making thing. Uh, cover the set in stone thing is, I think, a... Um, I'm going to put this... I think it's a little bit of a pipe dream, but I it's a, it's a good thing to aspire to approach, even if you never achieve it for two reasons to be clear the set in stone thing doesn't mean no code changes set in stone just means the rules don't change in in my opinion you can still do bug fixes you can still make improvements as long as the basic set of rules are the same yeah now that is something that i hope to see someday in the future but again i realize we're not there with the technology yet like there's there's not if we if we stumble upon a blockchain that has all of the things that we need mm-hmm. example has speed it has throughput it has you know usability usernames whatever and and it has all these things we can set that in stone mm-hmm. for for the most part but right now we do not have that mm-hmm. like there's no protocol that is as fast as it needs to be as final as it needs to be as much um throughput as it needs to have with as much usability as it needs to have there's just n- not that yet yeah set in stone 
doesn't exist for a technology that will ever will continue to be relevant. But it is a good thing to you get most the IP of it set in stone. Is basically set in stone. Which one is IP protocol yeah. for the internet? So it hasn't changed in thirty years or more. Yeah. Do you think anticipate it changing soon or them moving to something different? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only the only time I would anticipate a change uh, is you know there's a move to IPv6, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just all the, it doesn't actually change the rules of the internet protocol. All mm-hmm. it does is changes the addressing scheme because there's not enough addresses, or they they mm-hmm. don't anticipate there being enough addresses with new devices coming online. Yeah, that's a valuable change. But really, everything else, the way packets are transferred and yeah. all that, it still works the same. So yeah. to me, it's not a hundred percent unchanged, but it is set in stone, at least in my definition of set in stone. Yeah. So I think we're a far away from that in, in crypto. And it, the thing is what you don't want to do is have breaking changes every six months. That's what you don't want. Right. Terrible. And you don't want like, it's, it doesn't mean that you don't want that. You don't want that on a final product that a large sectors of the economy are relying on, uh, in the, it's funny because we're talking about the chaos net, the whole Thor chain approach before. And the thing about chaos, net, which by the way, from, it just remind me from like the BSV perspective, BSV getting delisted everywhere. If there's actually demand for BSV, you can use something like Thor chain. And then you just get to avoid all like the, the crypto politics or regulatory nonsense or whatever, and just go on. But anyway, that's a, a separate thing. Um, where was I about? Yes. Yeah, the set in stone stuff. Uh, we're all in chaos net BTC in all it, and all the Bitcoins and everything is still in chaos net. It's still all like not figured out. It's not ready to be set in stone. Some people might disagree. I definitely strongly agree, believe that it's not, you know, set in stone at some point you might have like a, you know, every 10 years we have to hard fork and do some breaking changes. But then it's like, there's, years leading up to like get your shit in order before then and then mostly it's there but it's a good principle now the problem is that's what i'm saying if it were like that it's not that big of a deal and i just say that as a developer Mm -hmm. who builds things on the blockchain if i have to change shit every couple months it really really bothers me yeah now every couple years eh, not as much every 10 years back get you know get a grip you pussy right (laughs) so it's like if you haven't updated your app in 10 years, okay, that, at that point, that's a little bit ridiculous. But the thing is, you need a good governance system to make sure that those protocol changes are decided on properly. And what I feel like is a rush to do the whole set in stone approach. I feel like a rush to do that is a cop out to avoid making governance decisions. Like, no, no, we don't need to make any. See, see, it's already done. And so rather than, you know, it's actually ready to be set in stone. But, you know, that's uh, obviously my own opinion. I wonder if this is going to send. What are you doing? Um, you're doing a sending, coin, you're doing a coin yeah, tree? You're, yeah. But I'm doing it through dash text. Oh, but is it? It's to, it's to the end address, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But it says, like, send exactly this amount. I'm not sure if dash text takes the fee out of what I'm sending or out of my remaining balance. I think I have a remaining balance, but just see if it works. Yeah. This will be a HB. I have to manually type the address. Of course. Does anyone use dash text? Who's not you or in Venezuela? I love dash text, man. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, here's the thing. I'm not a big SMS person. I never was because I kind of got a phone too late. Like after the texting, Thing, like kind of passed us by and just went straight into the you know the apps and the instant messaging and all that kind of stuff and so yeah i'm not uh like yeah whatever but we'll see if it's discord bots or whatever those kind of type of works so um any final questions we're probably getting ready to wrap this up so you can actually get to work or whatever on time yeah i go up to shower and hopefully eat yeah, hopefully eat, but not necessarily eat. Right. Depends um, on a lot of things. But Yeah, all right. Well, I think we're probably ready to just wrap this up then. So thanks, uh, Spencer, for coming on. It's been a pleasure as always. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Sorry that Odyssey didn't work this time. 
I'll figure out some way to fix this whole thing. I have a few things in mind of ways to do it. But yeah, hopefully then we get all our streaming woes are taken care of and it's just nothing but good stuff. But if you're watching or listening to this after the fact on one of these many platforms, then hey, you don't have to worry about that. It's just if you want to be in person, you want to be there, you want to be throwing little hyper chats and super chats all over the place, that's when this becomes a pain. But anyway, next week, Digital Cash Rundown again, and the Dash Podcast, which will be an interesting one to say the least. So yeah, have a great weekend, everyone. Um, And like, comment, share, subscribe, throw some monies. Even if I'm not live, I do respond to all little messages and stuff I get on my coin tree during the week, the weekend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, um, yeah, thanks again, and I'll see you guys later. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.